sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Friday. Friday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, I am Ben Stevens. It's going to get tangy in the opening hour of this Friday TMA. The NBA playoffs are back tonight. Another doubleheader on your Friday to round out the week and set you up for what we hope is a profitable weekend. A lot to get to in Major League Baseball. Some really bad teams, some really good individual performances, and historic comebacks as well. It's Derby Day tomorrow at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. A preview of everything you need to know for the entirety of this weekend, right here on a Friday on the morning after. When I say it's gone, get tangy, there's only one man that can make it the tangiest Friday you've ever known. That would be old K-Dubs, Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of The Early Line, each and every weekday morning right here on The Grid from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Then he's a color commentator analyst for The Money Line on Sports Grid Radio, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. That show hosted by Donnie Wrightside. Kevin, thank you for joining us here on this Friday on the morning after. Yeah, excited to be here, man. I, You know, Tangy Tuesday, I mean, you feel like you I, you wake up in the morning and just practice alliteration. A fervid Friday? Does that work Whoa. there? I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I looked it up, so don't question it. I looked okay. it up. I, I was right. trying, pulling up pulling up all the, the different synonyms that we could get out there and get after. Look, here's the deal, man. Because we got to address this right off of the top. Friday MLB Uh-oh. headlines. I think not. I usually <laughs> show up on a Tuesday, right? I show up every Tuesday. And I get a phone yeah. call. Hey, listen, yeah. man, you know, uh, it, we got to move some things around. Uh, I'll probably be back later in the week. Now, that's interesting how that lines up with a Boston Celtics game number one loss there. Because some people behind the scenes who do a great job in front Uh-oh. of the camera talking Boston Celtics. I, I just wonder if they're trying to, trying to bury me, keep me underground, and make sure that Boston got one back before I was welcomed on. It's, it's, it's an interesting, nasty rumor that's being spread. I just thought we had to address it. I mean, I think it's great that you did bring it out in the open and address it from the very beginning because maybe that's why you weren't here on a Tuesday. And John Shames, our producer and huge Boston Celtics fan, stacked the show a little differently to begin the opening Mm. hour of a Tuesday on the morning after. But don't worry, on this Friday, TMA Kev, Mm. we're going to preview the Saturday slate in the NBA. Game number three tomorrow in Milwaukee between the Celtics Mm. and the Bucks. It's going to be tangy, but... It's also tangy for Major League Baseball because although Kevin doesn't want to talk about Friday MLB headlines, that's what we'll do right now. The Cincinnati Reds, Kevin, are absolutely atrocious, abysmal, awful. Every word you could throw in there for a synonym of bad because that is what the Cincinnati Reds are. They lose yesterday, their ninth straight loss, 10 to 5 to the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, Kev, Cincy is 3 and 22 straight up this year. They are 6 in 19 on the run line, by far the worst run line record in Major League Baseball, the worst straight-up record in Major League Baseball. We are fading the Reds, Kevin Walsh, at all costs, each and every single day in Major League Baseball. So I'm on uh, Moneyline yesterday because this was a day baseball game, right? Yeah. And this game starts out 3 nothing Cincinnati. And it was a... (laughs) 
It was a like plus 126 line on Milwaukee. It's like you got to be, come on, this has got to be a little bit stronger. This game went 3 3. Milwaukee was minus 550. Tie baseball game, minus 550. They had eight yep. runs, but threw three innings. Uh, the Reds can't be this bad, but they actually are. I can't believe Kevin didn't want to welcome in the radio audience. Uh, I guess I'll do that. that welcome to our radio audience here in the opening hour of this Friday on the morning after on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. He is Kevin Walsh. I am Ben Stevens. We are here with you until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Kev will be here for most of the opening hour on this Friday TMA. Discussing how bad the Cincinnati Reds are at playing the sport yeah. of baseball. Falling yesterday to Milwaukee 10-5. to Their ninth straight yeah. loss. Three straight series. Three straight sweeps. Cincinnati, Kevin, with the worst run differential by far in Major League Baseball. Minus 87. For context, the next worst run differential in the negatives is the Kansas City Royals at minus 39. So the Cincinnati Reds are nearly 50 runs worse than that. And also because of it, they have gone over in eight of their last nine games because they can't stop anybody from scoring runs either. The Milwaukee Brewers... A big minus money favorite now, minus 240, an odds-on favorite to win the National League Central. Milwaukee is 18-8 and eight straight up. They've won 12 of their last 15 games, covering on the run line, Kev, in all but two of those 12 wins. As we flip it over to the American League quickly, imagine, Kevin, being the host of a television program on this network, giving out your best bet, Shohei Otani under six and a half strikeouts, and he goes over that number by the time we get to the third inning. Couldn't be me, that's for sure. No, listen, what couldn't be you, right? We know that. And also, though, I, I will actually defend whoever that was. We don't know who it was. Okay. We don't know who it was. Okay, thank you. But whoever it oh, was. Yeah. For that guy. It made some sense, right? Coming back from injury in Fenway, supposed to be a good lineup. But what do you know? The Boston Red Sox stink. They're bad. They're just bad. Yeah. And does it feel like it's going to get better? Not really. Like, I know at some point, oh, the lineup's going to heat up. They're eight and a half back of the New York Yankees. I mean, it just hit May. This is an AL East that is filled with rock star teams. Forget climbing yep. to the top. It's going to be hard to climb up to three. Shohei Otani, 11 strikeouts, well over his six and a half strikeout prop. To the NBA we go next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After one night off, we're back, baby. The NBA postseason returns on your Friday night. Two more games, two game threes in the East and the West. We break it down on this Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. I like basketball. I like the NBA playoffs. It's a cool sport, much like wrestling. But the person that is here to really give you the preview of everything you need for a Friday night doubleheader is Kevin Walsh. K-Dubs is in the mix, and it's going to get slanderous on this Friday. We begin, Kevin, with the first game three up tonight, the first game of the night in Philadelphia. 
the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Miami Heat. And oh boy, we have seen some line movement for game number three between Miami and Philly. It opened with the Sixers as a slight one-point home favorite. There was optimism that Joel Embiid would be able to return for game number three tonight. That is not going to be the case, and the line has completely flipped and continues to work in the favor of Miami on this Friday morning. Now three and a half points, Kevin, live on the FanDuel Sportsbook in favor of the Heat, who are up two games to none, a minus 1,500 series favorite. Do they make it 3-0 tonight in Philadelphia? I mean, look, the expectation is yes, right? More so the expectation, right, is that this is 3-1 going back game five at worst for mm. Miami. I don't really have expectations of seeing Embiid uh, in this series unless we're playing a game six, ultimately. I know that that's – by the way, let me say this. As much as you know, we like to kind of attack certain things, what a heartbreaking yeah. result for, the, for Joel Embiid. MVP yeah. season, thinks he has it robbed from him. It's as healthy a season as can be. Injured in round number one with the thumb, battles through – and then in, you know, garbage time, whatever it is, I don't even really care that Doc had him out there that much. It's just the excuses from Doc that are nuts. Uh, and then he basically now has to miss the first three games during this, what, you know, has been a magical season. It's just, it's super, super unfortunate what's happened to Embiid. With that being said, though, maybe there are a couple of Sixers now who are having their card pulled in a way that was ultimately necessary, Right. Because as the clowns and jokers spent all offseason somehow saying to me that a 3-1 series lead as a one seed was blown because instead of two points on a dunk, you got one point from a split at the line. Maybe it's because your coach is terrible. Maybe it's because your coach evidently now is actively going to see if he can just prove everybody wrong, not by winning, but by winning with DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup, by not by trying different things. By the way, let me ask you this. What coaching is he doing for James Harden? None? Zero? Does he even talk to Harden? I, I, you could easily convince me they don't talk because there's, there's nothing happening there. Maybe a, hey, Harden, try more? Can we try, can we try that one a little bit here? Like, there's, like, we get to points in these games, and this is what Miami does. The other team looks like They'd rather not be on the court. They'd rather just, hey, listen, we're good, man. They're up 20. This is annoying. I can't get free. I'm good here. With all of that being said, though, Philly has to be able to go over a team total of 103.5 tonight. Like, Danny Green can't shoot one of nine again, right? Like, George's Niang can't only play 10 minutes because he fouled out like an absolute maniac, right? Like, this team has to be able to score 104 at home tonight, Ben. I would hope so, and that total at 210 now after game number two goes over. It was the first over for Miami all postseason long, just the Ooh, second dang. for Philly in their eight games of this postseason as well. It's on the rise a little bit. The 210 is the highest we have seen for an over-under booked in this series, but only up by a point and a half, two points from where it was in game number two. Now, Kevin, to go over 104 for Philly's team total, you would think... James Harden needs to go over 22 and a half points, which is his points prop for game number yeah. three tonight back in the city of brotherly love. James Harden, though, has not gone over that number at all this postseason. Eight straight games under 22 and a half. That's why the under has the juice. 
like again, like I got into a massive debate the other day with Donnie on the radio side that he's basically saying supercharged Rondo is acceptable for a guy that's going to want fifty million a year. It's ridiculous. Like again, I'm not asking him to be Houston Harden. Can I get twenty seven? Can I? Okay. Yep. How about this? Can you give me an inefficient thirty? Like, can we do one of those? You know when Harden used to have really bad thirty-four point games because he took thirty-four shots. Can we do one of those where it looks like you at least kind of care about what's going on out there? I mean, I, and no, I wouldn't come back to his point. He had sixteen at half and finished with twenty. Did somebody tell him that it was job well done? I don't understand. <laughs> Like, he has complete open We heard that he might want to get out of Brooklyn so he could have more open reign. He now is in Philly without Embiid, and he's like, hey, listen, I mean, do you guys think Tobias steps up for us tonight? I mean, hey, do we think Shake Milton can get hot? I mean, it's ridiculous out here. This guy has zero interest in being the guy. Like, if you want to back hard and you bet the assists— and you hope that, again, Danny Green doesn't go one of nine like he's only only shooting important shots coming off of LeBron's hands, jabroni. Like, I just have to imagine that this guy, James Harden, is completely washed, doesn't care, shaving points. I don't understand. Like, it's crazy. And I, I mean, shaving points, obviously joking. But, like, how? why won't he shoot? He won't shoot anymore? I'm having a great time on this Friday here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I love the image of James Harden in the huddle when it's a tight game in the yes, third dude, quarter yes. before Miami pulls away and it's like, hey, Georgie, go step up out on the outside. I'll hit you for a wing three. Mm-hmm. We need it, bud. I'm not going to do anything, but Georgia's Niang, we yes. need you to cash yes. from deep. That is kind of what we've seen out of James Harden, though. Again, the points prop is 22 and a half. The under has the juice, and he has gone under that number in all eight postseason games now for the 76ers. Tyrese Maxey had 34 points in game number two. We'll see about his performance tonight. Also keep an eye on Tyler Hero's points prop. Not out yet. He's mm. listed as questionable for game number three. 18 in game yeah. two. 25 points in game number one. The opening contest of this series. Tyler Hero has been fantastic for Miami. And yes, that's he why has. he was the sixth man of the year and ran away with that award. Kev, you mentioned the idea that you expect almost a 3-1 series lead for the Heat heading back to South Beach. That's what the FanDuel Sportsbook expects as well. The shortest series correct score outcome is Miami winning this series in five games, four games to one at plus 170. You see a plus 260 price there on Miami pulling off the sweep with the news about Joel Embiid missing in game number three tonight and the line working in the Heat's favor. A sweep for Miami now is the second shortest outcome still, but at just plus 190. So this series, Kev, Mm. could be over very, very quickly. Yeah, it certainly can. I think you need more if you're looking to bet the 4-0, simply because maybe you want to free yourself up if you feel a little shaky and be ruled back in. You can just grab the Sixers' money line if you are up 3-0. I know the juice is very different. I actually think you'd be better off laying minus 160 if you had that level of confidence in Miami tonight on the money line there and left the 3.5 points on the side if you really were so inclined there. And the one thing I will add this then as well, because I've been going nuts about this, and this is just going to keep happening here, right? Miami is minus 1,500 to win this series. Minus yep. 1,500, okay? Boston is 1-1. They don't have home court. Boston will not have home court if they meet Miami. Boston will not have home court versus any team in the Western Conference, nor would they be favored over Phoenix or Golden State. 
Why are their numbers so close? And moreover, though, right? Golden State plus 320, legit gap between them and Miami. They're 1-1. They will not be favored against the Phoenix Suns, who are supposed to be there in round number three. Miami just continues to be so disrespected in the finals market. It's unbelievable. It's also very interesting when you look at the Eastern Conference exact result for those Eastern Conference finals matchups available out there. Boston beating Miami is actually the shortest price on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now at plus 240, yet the Heat are the favorites to win the East at plus 125, 65 cents ahead of the Seas at plus 190. We go to the Western Conference in a full weekend preview up next here on the Morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Friday night doubleheader as the NBA playoffs comes back to our lives and two more games on a Saturday slate as well. We preview your entire weekend in the association on the morning after right here live on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Spiz Grizz Network. Mm, I am Ben Stevens, the originator of the Spiz Grizz Network is Kevin Walsh. He is here for a third consecutive segment, breaking down the NBA. Are you not the originator of the Spiz Grizz? <laughs> I thought you were calling yourself the originator. I didn't realize no, that, like, you. The, the sentence was, had ended there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I Structure. got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got Comma. You. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. You're good. All right. No, I'll, we're I'll tee us up. Here we go. We're back into it. We're back into it. NBA playoffs. The nightcap tonight. We previewed game number three between the number one overall seed in the East, the Miami Heat, that are up two games to none, with a minus 1,500 series outright price as the favorite. Same story for the number one overall seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns against the Dallas Mavericks. Phoenix up two games to none, heading to Dallas tonight, a minus 1,500 series favorite. And Kevin, this line has seen some movement in the early hours of this Friday morning as well. Dallas was a slight home favorite on the money line yesterday. Now it has flipped to Phoenix, not only being a slight road favorite on the money line, it's minus 112 for the Suns right now, minus 104 for the Mavericks. Also a slight one-point favorite are the Phoenix Suns on the road for game number three. Do you agree with this movement, booking the Suns as a favorite tonight in Dallas? Yeah, I think you have to. They've been way too dominant here to start this series. You know, here's the thing, right? I... I try not to get too caught up in nonsensical narratives or, or talking points, right? Like, like Ben, right? Ben's a high-level tweeter, right? One of the things you don't want to find yourself doing, right, is down a rabbit hole debating with knuckleheads. But I wonder if the knuckleheads have maybe given us insight into what the Mavericks uh, huddle are, is starting to look like here. There are people who are criticizing Dallas's losses by saying, man, Luka's carrying the ball too much. I mean, when is anybody else going to step up? What are you guys talking about here? They're giving up 125 a game. So, I don't know, like, maybe Jason Kidd is in the huddle being like, listen, Jay LeBron said, if you don't make a shot, we're toast. And he's like, I don't think that matters. Aiden just scored again. Like, that is realistically what's gone wrong for this team, right? There's nothing about the Dallas offense that, Mm -hmm. like, Yes, I'd like you'd like to see Jalen Brunson play better. The bar can't be 126 a game, though, if you think you're going to eliminate right. the Phoenix Suns. And the problem is, 
there's nothing about what Phoenix is doing that feels unsustainable. Like, it's not like, oh, man, campaigns making six threes. Oh, Landry Schmidt's got 15. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know Landry Schmidt scored in this series. So or he's got five points. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just Devin Booker's carrying the load. They throw it into Aiton, yep. and then Chris Paul's like, hey, watch this. And then just doesn't miss. And just never and just never misses. Like the Suns team total tonight is 109 and a half. They just scored 129 and 120. I get it, they're on the road. I'm trying not to fall into such an easy trap, but it just it feels like it would be such a massive swing if somehow Dallas found a way to keep this team at 105 tonight. I think you can correlate like, the results we have seen to what is happening now with the line to echo Kevin's point. The Mavericks have the highest under percentage in the NBA yeah. this year. The Dallas Mavericks entered the postseason as the lowest scoring team out of all 16 we had in the NBA playoffs and a points per game average. They want to keep the pace slower. They want to keep the overall points low so they can go under and win a basketball game that way. The total for game number one was 214 and a hook. The total for game number two was 218. The total tonight for game number three is 219 and a half. The highest that the Dallas Mavericks have seen all postseason long because games one and game two went well over their previously booked totals. That's not how Dallas wants to win this basketball game. And then you could look at the props and correlate those results as well because it seems right now, despite what Luka Doncic is doing, the Dallas Mavericks are having a tough time being competitive in these basketball games. His points prop now is 34 and a half. He has gone over that number in both of the first two games of this series. Of course, 45 in game one, 35 in game two, averaging 40 points per game. But Kev, you see the stars tonight, 34 and a half for Luka, 26 and a half for Devin Booker, just 17 and a half for Chris Paul, a number he has gone over in both of the first two games of this series mm -hmm. as well. Who do you expect to have the biggest night in game number three? Man, so here's what I'll say. With Chris Paul, it, I don't even know if you really need to bet his props before the game. Just third mm. quarter ends, bet his over, right? Like, that's really what we're seeing right now from CP3, kind of no matter what's happening. Devin Booker has actually averaged more points per game. Good gap, very rare, on the road this year as compared to home. So I think it's mm. very reasonable that D. Book, who had 30 last game, goes over. By the way, Devin Booker only took three shots in the fourth quarter because he didn't need to play. He wasn't out there for the beginning stretch where Chris Paul did everything. He kind of he came in, he splashed three threes. So if this game's even a little bit closer, which the line suggests, the Luka numbers I am having such a tough time with. Such a tough time. I don't know how I'm betting a guy to get 35 Ever, like any scenario. I don't know how I'm right. doing that pregame, but I can't bet under. He's been better at home this year than on the road, right? And the, the, kind of what we just talked about with Devin Booker, but the, the way you would anticipate. He's been way better in Dallas this year. Everything he's doing, again, like the workload is there. The only, I guess yeah. the only thing you would say is Luka from beyond the arc right now maybe is a little unsustainable, 4 of 11 and 5 of 10, but, again, but he's got 45 and 35 in the two games here. Like, I hate to say full pass on Luka props, but it doesn't feel worth it right now. now the numbers are, they're just, they're just well booked. I, I don't want a piece of the Luka Doncic points props. Even his rebounding prop is pretty accurately booked. It's nine and a half. He only had five in game number two, but he's gone yeah. over nine and a half in three of the other five he has played in this postseason, averaging just shy of 10. And again, Phoenix up two games to none over the Dallas Mavericks, a minus... 1500 series favorite 
in that outright price. The shortest total games market is for Phoenix to win this in five. But we also look at the rest of the weekend slate in Saturday, the first game up tomorrow in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum. Kev, we already saw two line flips for Phoenix and Dallas tonight. We are seeing some extraordinary line movement early on this Friday, working back to the Boston Celtics. Milwaukee opened as a three-point home favorite for game number three, now just laying a point and a half live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What do you make of this line movement helping the Boston Celtics at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look, people love the Boston Celtics. I, I hope I hope Celtics fans, right, are, are kind of at the point, though, where they all can acknowledge. Like, they're favored in this series. Everybody's picking you. Oh, nobody believes in us. Everybody believes in you. Everybody believes in you. Everybody loves you. Everybody thinks you're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Like, that's the state of play here. You're up against the best player in the NBA, and everybody is picking the Boston Celtics. And I just can't agree with it. Here's the thing, man. So we, we love our ATS trends. I know both Ben and I do, right? But the lines are really short. So let me throw that out the window. Let me just go straight up here. Milwaukee is a home favorite this season, 27-13. and 13. Boston has a away dog this season, straight up, 6-14. and 14. This doesn't – it just feels wildly disrespectful to the Milwaukee Bucks. They won the first game of the series. This isn't 2-0. I don't know. I like it, 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 again. I'm not saying the line has to be five. I get it. Chris Middleton's not that thing, but it it feels as if we're so far gone from who the Milwaukee Bucks were. Because Ben, you, you obviously we, we follow this enough. If I told you Chris Middleton was back, right? What would that add to any team? One and a half, right? One one and a half points. Maybe Chris Middleton is worth. Milwaukee's laying three at home to Boston. Stop this. That's ridiculous. Oh, but they're the greatest team in the history of the NBA is, is obviously what everybody wants me to believe. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think it's ridiculous. Milwaukee at some point is going to get hot from three. That's just the truth of the matter. It's going to happen here. And also, by the way, look at the Giannis points prop. It's 30 and a half. Do you know why? Because Giannis scored five points in the first in the first half, first half, and finished with 28. Giannis has started to figure it out. Giannis has a monster game. The Bucs win. And by the way, if that doesn't happen, that's okay because Miami's waiting. But I really do think I really do think Milwaukee's just been wildly disrespected here in these lines. The defending champs, absolutely so. And the Bucks were the favorites in this series after that game one upset of sorts on the road inside TD Garden. Boston wins game two. They become the series favorites as we head to Milwaukee. You saw some of those points props as well. Kevin mentioned it for Giannis. We also have the supporting staff. But we'll look big picture here, Kev, at this series mm-hmm. overall. The series total games. Five games plus 280. We're tied at one game apiece. Both six and seven are the same exact price right now on FanDuel at plus 135. Kev, do you think we go the distance? Do you think we see seven games between Milwaukee and Boston? I will say, I, I've always found the length of a series at times can be tricky, right? Because well, when you think a team is better, you, you just think they're better here, right? Like, you know what I'd be more interested in? And they're not going to post it. The alt-series spread. Milwaukee right now, game and a half minus 290. It's just crazy. I mean, who is even doing that? But wouldn't you, right. wouldn't you like to see what it is for Milwaukee to win this in six or less? They are home the next two games. Like, I know yep. Celtics fans will find this unbe- unbelievable for me to say. But if I told you that Milwaukee protected home court, why is that ridiculous? The series is over in six if Milwaukee protects home court. I don't, I don't know why that is not, you know, a potential outcome here. Like, the fact that Boston is just back to the favorite in the series despite losing home court, it's just, it's too much for me. It really is.
And when you look at the Eastern Conference odds, maybe even better value on the Milwaukee Bucks. Plus 280 right now, the third shortest price of the four the remaining odds. teams. Miami is the favorite at plus 125. Boston, plus 190, the second best price. By the way, the Warriors, also some line movement in their favor for game three in San Francisco tomorrow night. Back in the Bay, seven and a half points is what Golden State is laying against Memphis. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of the early line. Each and every weekday morning, making it a wonderful Friday here on the grid. Kev, thank you very much, and have a wonderful weekend. We go Major League Baseball up next here on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We shift our focus from the NBA playoffs now to the daily grind of a Major League Baseball season. Some exciting games on a Thursday to set you up for your weekend slate in MLB. And helping us to do that here is Sports Grid's MLB insider, Craig Mish, a man that wears many hats for the grid, the host. Of fantasy sports today and also the host of newswire from 2 to 3 p.m eastern time each and every weekday right here on sports grid craig thanks for joining us to take a look at some major league baseball action what's going on ben it's great to see you. i feel like i see you every day now with you making appearances on uh, newswire so thanks for that it's great to be with you it is great to have you here i love my appearances on newswire love looking at where the market is moving and craig a spoiler not exactly a spoiler maybe a tease for later, a lot of market movement in the game spreads for game number three tonight mm -hmm. in both the East and West in the NBA. Make sure you pay attention to Newswire I later will. on this afternoon here <laughs> on SportsGrid. But Craig, as we go back to last night in Major League Baseball, the mm -hmm. Mets and the Phillies have played each other a ton already this season. So it might be the ho-hum of the daily grind against your divisional foes. And that's what it seemed to be like until the top half of the ninth inning when the Mets plated seven runs to come back and beat the Phillies by a final mm -hmm. score of eight to seven. The Amazons were down, Craig, seven to one heading in to that road half of the ninth inning. They score seven, their largest comeback since 1997. What do you make of the Mets' resolve this year off to a very good start in New York? Yeah, it, it, look, I, I understand that there's a lot of Mets fans that are really excited with the way that the team has played. They should be. They've been one of the best teams in baseball now with the first month of the season officially coming to a close. Again, baseball got off to a later start, Ben, because of the lockout. But here we are. We're one month in, and the Mets are the clear favorites right now to win the division. Uh, you know, people are comparing this to 1986, where they had some cra crazy comebacks, and they ended up winning the World Series, which arguably was their best season in franchise history. I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, but again, you know, I, I go back to what I said before the season. Strange things do occur in Queens over the course of time. And uh, you, you never quite know with these stories that have percolated with them that have made that team go sideways. Maybe this is different. Maybe this is the year they put it all together. I would say that there are definitely some really good signs for them and things that they haven't had in years past that they have this year. One of them, of course, is a surprise pitcher in Tyler McGill who's done such a nice job for them, I think kind of out of nowhere. 
And then they have a dynamic player that they haven't had in years in uh, in Starling Marte. No question. He was he's just been a huge ad. I saw him play in Miami uh, last year in 2020. So I think those are two really big factors for their team. And then naturally the players, Ben, who are supposed to be contributing like Francisco Lindor actually doing their job this year. And both of those players you just highlighted right there, Craig, Starling Marte, the game-winning RBI double in the top half of the ninth inning that pushed the Mets ahead for good. Eight to seven, Francisco Lindor got it all started with a home run to get that rally going against the Philadelphia Phillies. Again, coming back from down 7-1 in the top half of the ninth, their first time trailing by six or more runs in the ninth inning and winning a baseball game since the 1997 season. So, Craig, the Mets off to a great start, as you detailed, at the top of the National League East Division. The favorites now with a minus money price at minus 155. But everybody else in the NL East, Craig, below 500. We expected this to be one of the most competitive divisions in the National League. How would you summarize what, you, what you've seen in the first month here out of the NL East? Yeah, definitely some underachieving going on, Ben. I, I think from the teams not named Washington Nationals, uh, you know, I think we talked about the Nationals on this show. That was my... You know, I, I don't do the, the the totals. and I pick one total every year, as we talked about before the yep. year. Washington under 70, um, you know, was the one. Um, and they're going to lose 100. But beyond them, I, I, I don't know that we've seen the best baseball played by the rest of the team, specifically Atlanta, who didn't have Ronald Acuna for a long period of time. But I mm -hmm. think the bigger concern for the Braves is Charlie Morton. Like, that's the one guy that has to get figured out for that rotation to be special. We do see some World Series hangovers in the past. It's very hard to go back-to-back, -back, and I think the Braves are going through that a little bit. Philadelphia, I, I do think they'll turn it around, but this is sort of stunning, Ben, that baseball uh, this year, you know, not a lot of runs are being scored. Not a lot of home runs are being hit like we've seen in years yeah. past. That's how Philly is built. So if they're not going to be able to outslug teams and going to lose these games late, they're going to have a really big problem because kind of going into the season, you thought, okay, they're going to win a lot of games 10 to 5, 11 to 6. That hasn't really happened thus far. So that's a concern. And then the Marlins, they got off to a tough start and they won seven in a row. Now they've lost five in a row. I kind of feel like the Marlins are probably like a 500 team, maybe a little bit better, a little bit worse. I don't think they'll contend for the division. But uh, we have not seen the best baseball from the Braves. Not really sure about the Phillies. And, and the Mets, you know, this winning is not sustainable. So they'll come back a little bit. But uh, I, I would expect Atlanta to be over 500. I probably would expect Philadelphia to be over 500. And the Marlins, I think, have a shot to do that, too. And the Mets have the second best price entering this season to win the NL East at plus 200. Now, again, the odds on minus money favorite at minus 155. 19 wins for the Amazons, the most in all of MLB right now. You mentioned the Marlins. They've lost five straight. The Giants off to a pretty good start as well. Now they've lost four in a row. Following yesterday at home, to the St. Louis Cardinals by a score of 7-1. to one. The Cards, Craig, also competitive in that National League Central, trying to challenge the Milwaukee Brewers. How do you evaluate these two teams that are some of the depth, maybe, in the National League? Yeah, I think it's those two teams. I, I still think it's Milwaukee and St. Louis. Those are the two teams that I think are going to fight this thing out right into the end. We're going to see some slip back from the Cubs. Uh, you know, Ben, the Reds, I mean, I don't even know what there is to say. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that's the fortunate part of being in the division with the Reds this season and the Pirates, by the way. Uh, but look, yeah. Milwaukee, while their offense has been sort of hit or miss, their pitching is excellent with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. And uh, even this kid Ashby is pitching well, too. So I do think it'll be a dogfight for those two teams going forward. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see 
how Milwaukee contends in the National League Central with St. Louis and St. Louis now 15 and 10. The Giants actually in fourth out of the five teams in the National League West at 14 and 11. Craig, you mentioned the Reds, three and 22 straight up, six mm. and 19 on the run line, falling to Milwaukee yesterday, 10 to five after taking another early first inning lead. How are you approaching the Reds the rest of the way this Major League Baseball season? Are you going to fade them each and every single day? Well, I, I think that, look, you're always best served to check lineups before they come out, Ben. And yesterday in particular was a day that regardless who the starting pitcher was, they had two young kids who hadn't even registered a Major League Baseball hit this season, and their leadoff hitter was hitting about a buck fifty. Now, the Reds, Ben, this is not a sustainable deal in terms of betting against them and fading them. There's going to be an opportunity to back them as these lines get larger and larger. And let's also yeah. not forget that while Joey Votto, his best days are probably behind him, he was an MVP candidate last season, and he is not playing for them right now. He's been out with COVID, too. Um, so, look, could the Reds be historically bad? Could they lose 120 games? I mean, all these things are definitely possible. The 1998 Marlins, I believe, uh, had the worst record in the history of baseball. Uh, but but I do think there will be some betting opportunities, and, and I never feel comfortable blind betting against a team that's, pay, that's playing this bad because even betting minus one and a half, I mean, there's going to be opportunities to probably get them at plus 300 or plus 280. Ben, that is so rare in May to see. We see it sometimes in April. We see it sometimes in September. But I would be really careful about this because – there's just simply no team that loses 150 of 160 games. It's not going to happen. They're going to win more than 10 games this season, Ben, I assure you. Cincy, a home underdog today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Plus 110 is that price on the Reds at home against the Buccos today. So Cincy not going to compete for the National League pennant, but the Brewers have the third best odds at 6-1 to one behind the Dodgers as the shorts favorites at plus 220. And then the New York Mets, now the second best price at plus 450. But Craig, as you peruse this board, where do you think the value might be in the National League? A long shot team that could possibly contend for the pennant in the National League. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Brewers, as you mentioned, that's that's still a team that I think that is formidable. Um, no question about that. You know, I, I think at this point, really, you would have to just try and find value outside of the Dodgers. So maybe it would be San Diego or perhaps it would be San Francisco. We know that 12 teams are going to get in the postseason this year, so that certainly changes things around. Um, look, the Giants still have Logan Webb, a really strong starting pitching staff. They do a great job mixing and matching and platooning. But unfortunately, when you get to this point in the season, and it's still sort of early, Ben, yeah. you know, you, you, you kind of see this race to the top and this race to the bottom, and it's really unfortunate. So for me to sit here and tell you like, oh, Colorado is going to be a factor in September. And when I really don't believe that, the answer is no. And neither will Washington. Yeah, and neither will Pittsburgh. And neither will Cincinnati. And so in the National League, Ben, it's kind of clear cut at this point. I think that you know the 14 teams that are going to fight, 12 teams will get in. And then anything can happen, obviously, in the postseason. So, Craig, as we flip it from the NL to the American League, I came on this very program yesterday, and I tried to kind of fade Shohei Otani, which was a bad idea. The Angels winning 8 nothing on the road yesterday in Fenway, shutting out the Red Sox. Shohei shut out ball through seven innings on the mound, also added an RBI at the dish. The Angels off to a great start. The top spot in the AL West standings, the second-best odds 
on the ALS board behind the Houston Astros, who are minus 145. Craig, do you think the Angels are for real and a true competitor in this division? What I like about the Angels is the same thing that I like about teams with a high payroll that are sort of middling around 500. Angels have been better than that. Make no mistake about it, Ben. What I, what I like about that is I know at the trade deadline they're going to acquire. So that, to me, hmm. tells me that whether or not they win the division, they still give value to win the pennant. They give value to win the World Series because they're going to fight. And I, and I always will you know throw a, a little bit of change on that because I know that the opportunity is there. Uh, but, you know, that being said, do they have enough to win the division right now? I don't think so. Do they have enough to win the pennant or World Series? No, I do not think so. But I am confident, and now we can start to identify, Ben, these teams that are going to be falling out of it. And could they pluck somebody from Washington? Um, you know, could, could you know, Ben, could Steven Strasburg get healthy? And could he be the Ooh. biggest trade piece at the deadline? Would some team like the Angels be willing to take on a lot of that money I mean, that, that's, that's going to be a great trade conversation to have once we get closer to August. But uh, no question the Angels are going to be better than they were in the past. So, yeah, there's obviously value on a team like that because you know they're going to add players. The Angels 17-10 and 10 straight up. They've won nine of their last 12 games. Well on their way to the over of their team win total at 83.5 and maybe their first postseason berth since 2014. Craig, quickly here, Shohei Otani, a great day yesterday both on the mound and at the plate as well he is the favorite currently to win the american league mvp do you think he can win it for a second straight year or will voter fatigue stand in the way yeah he should win it every year uh, because no one's ever done what he's doing but he won't right. byron buxton will be the american league mvp a uh, very nice guy popular player uh he's been here with uh, on my show uh you know this year very well-liked individual. Everyone is rooting for him, Ben, because he was arguably the number one prospect in baseball and then banged up. I think everyone wants to see him play well. Ben, if the if the Twins make the postseason, uh, it's yep. because of Buxton. He'll win the MVP. 13-1 to 1 right now, the sixth best price on Byron Buxton. The Minnesota Twins, the only team above 500 in the American League Central. Craig Mish, our MLB insider, the host of Fantasy Sports Today and Newswire as well. Craig, thanks so much for your time. Have a great weekend. All right, Ben. See you later. We round out our number one next year. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A little change of pace here on this Friday on the morning after as we round out our opening hour on the grid. Sirius XM channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well, I am Ben Stevens. Generally, as we round out our first hour of this show on a weekly or a weekday basis even, we hear from you, the public, in Fade the Public. But we've been talking a lot of NBA postseason. And instead of hearing from you, we give you a pick for a cap that only one man can do. He sees the board in a very specific and individual way. His name, of course, is Jack Weinberger, our associate producer. We haven't had a Jack cap of the week since the college basketball season came to an end. But Jack is great at three things in this world of handicapping, college football, college basketball, 
in Major League Baseball. It's actually where Jack Capps began last summer on a fireworks night in Pittsburgh when he had the Pirates as a $2 underdog, and he told me straight up, Ben, Pittsburgh never loses on fireworks night. They didn't last Friday night, and they didn't a ton last summer. So Jack went back to the well to figure out a Jack Cap of the week for this Friday night in Major League Baseball. Here it is. Today is May 6th, Friday, May 6th. In fact, it marks the 13-year anniversary of when a young Jack Weinberger was riding down the street in New Jersey on his bike, and he fell off, took a very hard fall. It was a bad fall, but thank goodness for safety because Jack can remember saying, oh, I'm so glad I have my helmet strapped on. Because of the helmet strapped on, Jack wasn't really that injured in this large bike fall. And he just found out a few days ago, the first bike helmet ever was actually invented at Bell Auto Parts in the year 1975. Now, Bell Auto Parts, Jack's thinking of American history, thinking of his history. He goes to the Liberty Bell, the Liberty Bell, of course, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So Jack says the Phillies bounced back from last night, losing to New York in historic fashion in that comeback in the ninth inning. The Phillies plus money as a home underdog against Max Scherzer today. That's the Jack Cap of the week for you. Liberty Bell, Philadelphia Phillies plus money underdog. Hour number two is up next.